Hello, you're listening to Sarah McCoy, and this is Four Foundations of Flowering Faith, a subset of my weekly podcast series. I've been a Bible teacher at Owasso First Assembly in Owasso, Oklahoma for over 40 years, and I love the way God's Word shows itself practical to today, time after time. Today's session is similar to the Sunday School class on March 15, 2020. The subject was the fourth of the four foundations, sharing Jesus, what works and what doesn't. This three-lesson subset continues with the story in Acts 8 of the evangelist Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. So come with me now to verse 26 of Acts 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip was the name of one of Jesus' disciples, but that was not this Philip. This was Philip the Evangelist. He was one of the seven deacons who was chosen in Acts chapter 6, and Acts 21 tells us that he had four daughters that prophesied. So he's been told to go on a road that leads to a very ancient city, in fact, a city that's now been around for about 5,000 years and that was inhabited by Philistines, Gaza. Gaza has about 600,000 people now. And if you look on a map, you can see that you have to go both south and west from Jerusalem to get to this city, which is close to the Mediterranean Sea. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, I don't know if you've looked at a map of Africa and the Middle East lately, but Ethiopia is a very long way south from the nation of Israel. And I can imagine that probably he loaded his chariot onto a ship and went up the Red Sea as far as he could until he got to Egypt and then took the chariot the rest of the way. It's not clear whether this man was simply interested in the Jewish religion or whether perhaps he was a Jewish convert. There had long been stories that Solomon and the Queen of Ethiopia had produced a child that was the ruler of a dynasty in Ethiopia many centuries before. There perhaps were synagogues in Ethiopia and they needed copies of the Word of God. This must have been around the time of Passover. So this official in the court of the Queen of Ethiopia had traveled a very long way. And so we continue in verse 28. And on his way home, that is the Ethiopian eunuch, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So apparently when he was in Jerusalem, he was able to purchase this book. As you know, all the books of the Old Testament were individual units at that time, and there was no printing press, and so it was a very laborious process to make a copy. I'm sure it must have been very expensive to purchase one of these. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. So he was reading aloud 
Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. This actually comes from the 53rd chapter, but of course at that time there were no chapters or verses. So the Lord had ordained it that he was reading this very important prophecy about the Christ at the very moment that Philip came up to the chariot. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who's the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. If you look back again at a map of the cities in the Holy Land at that time, you can see that he would have gone north from Azotus up the coast to Caesarea quite a ways and probably have passed through Joppa. But we're talking here about witnessing what works and what doesn't. And this is a prime example of something that works. That is simply and clearly explaining the word of God. And so I see here three W's. Willingness on the part of the evangelist Philip to obey the spirit. Willingness. Second, wondering. He was wondering something about the eunuch, so he opened the conversation by asking a question. And then third, the word. He simply and clearly shared the scripture. So let's look at each one of those in turn. The first, again, is willingness. The Lord cannot use us if we refuse to be used or if we shut down the voice of the Spirit in our heart when he's prompting us. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And of course, he was talking about the commandments that are in the scripture that we should all follow all the time, like the Ten Commandments. We don't steal, we don't kill, we don't covet, we don't commit adultery, we honor our parents, we don't worship idols. Of course, those things. But sometimes, the Lord will ask us to obey a specific command that is only for us at that particular time. Like when he said to Philip the Evangelist, start on the road down to Gaza. Now that's not a commandment in scripture. That was a one-time thing. He wanted one man to go down a road at a specific time. And if Philip had refused to do that because he had some other plan, he would have missed a marvelous opportunity to share God's word. And he would frankly 
have been committing a sin by rebelling against the explicit command of God. Luke eleven twenty eight says, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So the first of the three things today about what works and what doesn't, sharing the word, is this willingness to obey. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 also says, Do not quench the Spirit. And so we remember that a person who knows the voice of God and will listen can probably expect that from time to time the Lord will give us specific direction for a particular situation. And we must be bold enough and yielded enough that we'll walk through that open door. So the second of the three W's after willingness is wondering. It's a way to get the conversation started. It's asking a question. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 in his Sermon on the Mount, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. We usually interpret that to mean that if we ask something of God, he will give it to us. But it is said in a more general way, and it tends to be true, that if we will simply ask people, we can get an awful lot of things that we might not otherwise have been able to receive. And so in this particular case, Philip wanted to start a conversation with the eunuch, this complete stranger from another country who was probably on his way home, and the only way he could think of to go about doing that was to ask a question. There is a book called Share Jesus Without Fear that's written by a prominent evangelist, William Fay, that you might be interested in checking out at some point. The Gideons International uses this book from time to time to train its members. And there is a chapter in that book about questions that can be used to break the ice when you are trying to speak to someone about the Lord. Bill Fay recommends any of these five questions, which you might be able to use at some point. They are, do you have any kind of spiritual belief? Or, to you, who is Jesus Christ? Another one is, do you believe in heaven or hell? Another is, if you died, where would you go? And the fifth of the five that he suggests is, if what you're believing is not true, would you want to know? You might be able to come up with some others, but you can see that those are fairly bold questions. Most of the time, though, people will give you an answer, and you can begin a conversation that goes on for a while. They aren't just generic yes or no questions, but they invite follow-up. So first, willingness, obedience, and second, wondering, asking a question to start the conversation. But finally, we get to the actual meat of what this particular podcast is supposed to be about, sharing the Word of God. The reason that we share the Bible is because it says about itself in Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Why would you not use such a powerful tool, especially when it says about itself, 
It's alive. God's Word is a book that is living. And I don't mean that the pages are composed of cells and they're doing a metabolism and they're using oxygen and taking in food, but there is a usefulness about it and a quality that is directly proceeding from the Lord that can work a marvelous change in a person's life. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And so if you are going to share the word, you need to know a little something about it. Perhaps you need to have a little pocket testament to carry around with you. Maybe you need in the back some salvation scriptures or have them marked with sticky notes in the actual text of the testament so that they're easy to find. So if you're going to share the plan of salvation with someone, what is it that you really want to say? Well, perhaps four main subjects. You want to tell them simply that God loves them. That message is very hard to reject. You also want to tell them that every person has sinned. And thirdly, that God has a remedy for that sin. And finally, that all may be saved now if they will simply come to Christ and confess their sins. So some key scriptures that are good to know, beginning with that first premise, God loves you, are of course John 3.16 and Romans 5.8. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The second premise, all are sinners, can be very simply demonstrated in the third chapter of Romans, the 10th verse and the 23rd verse. The 10th verse says, There is no one righteous, not even one. He said that will keep a person from saying, Well, I'm not a sinner. I haven't really done anything wrong. I'm as good as anyone else. Then later in that same chapter, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then thirdly, God has a remedy for sin. Turn over three chapters in that same book of Romans to the sixth chapter in the 23rd verse, and we read, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. His remedy is through Christ, and it's a gift to us. John 1.12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And along those same lines, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, For what I received, I passed on to you, as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And the last of the four premises is that all may be saved now. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. And lastly, Romans 10.13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
I can tell you from personal experience that sharing your faith through scripture absolutely works. In fact, I am recording this podcast from vacation in Cancun, Mexico. And when I was packing my suitcase, I packed some New Testaments from the Gideons International in Spanish, hoping to know at the time, by the prompting of the Spirit, the right people to give them to. The first night that we were here, we had devotions with our children, and we prayed that God would show us who to give these testaments to. The next morning, we decided to go swimming, and I had to go back up to the room to get my things, and the room was being cleaned. The hotel maid was in the room with the door open, and I walked in, apologized for bothering her, and said I just needed to get something. And she saw that stack of testaments that was sitting on the counter and asked me if I knew where she could buy one. So that began a conversation. I offered her one. I wrote her name in the front. I showed her those scriptures in the back that take a person through the plan of salvation that I just shared with you and asked her if she had ever accepted Christ as her personal savior. She was willing to pray with me right then to receive Christ. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in personal witnessing. She asked if she could have another testament, and I gave her a second one that she wanted to give to a family member, and she wanted me to write the same things in the front that I had written in the other one. I marked John 3.16 for her, and she and I parted with her having a great smile on her face. Usually, I am a bit uncomfortable about approaching strangers, but I could hear the voice of the Spirit prompting me to go forward with that, and that person was ready at a particular time. If I had been a little bit earlier or later in coming to the room that morning, she wouldn't have been there, so I know the Lord was leading, and He would like to lead you too. He would like for you to know the word and share it with others. We know so because he clearly told his disciples before he ascended into heaven that they should go and share the gospel with every living creature. So are you willing? Can you tuck away a few salvation scriptures and memorize them or keep them in a pocket or a purse? And will you listen for the Lord prompting you when someone is ready. It could make all the difference. Sow the word and reap a harvest of salvation. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please pass it along.